there. Welcome to 412 Canada. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we are equipping the church for greater influence through serving. 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. We're so excited to be able to continue to equip you as a podcast and now on YouTube. As I mentioned on episode 20 of the 412 Canada podcast, we are not able to have our conference this spring as we had planned. However, we have this unique opportunity to bring guests that I know will encourage and equip you as you serve and in your walk with Jesus. Today, we have Rich Birch joining us. He's the executive director at Camp Minioe and the founder of Unseminary. Thanks so much for joining us, Rich. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so this, fun. I, it's a very nice living room you have here, Kim. <laughs> thank you. Thank it's you. It's very nice. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be inviting. <laughs> it's great. Love it. Well, and you know I love to sit down and have coffee with anybody, mm. and I'm super excited to chat with you today. Now, a lot of our discussion is going to get into in the context of the pandemic and all that's been happening. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, tell me a little bit, how are you doing? <laughs> great. Oh, that's a great question. It's always fun when people ask that, right? Like, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, doing fine. You know, I think this has been an interesting year in, yeah. in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, I'm bummed that the conference isn't happening this spring. It was such a highlight two years ago. Yeah. Uh, but I love that you guys are pivoting and trying to find a new way. And I feel like that's been this last year, right? We've all tried mm -hmm. new things, learned new skills. Um, and, and that's really been, you know, my story and where I've in the stuff that I serve in, whether it's at camp or at a seminary, you know, we've tried some new stuff and tried to learn. So yeah, I think in the long arc, I think it's going to be great. You know, in the middle of it, it's like, oh, there's some pain associated with yeah. that, but you know, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. And can you tell us for those who maybe don't know mm -hmm. all that you do, explain a little bit of what, what you do at Minioe sure. and then we'll talk about Unseminary as well. Yeah. Great. So yeah. So Kim Minioe, we're here in Muskoka, right around the corner from, uh, from the church. And our mission is to develop tomorrow's leaders through life-changing adventure in mm. God's creation. We really primarily see ourselves actually as a youth leadership development organization that runs a kids camp. Now this last year has been true. strange because we, <laughs> you know, overnight kids camps were closed by the provincial government last May. And actually the time of recording continued to be closed, yes. which does put our kind of everything we do in question. And yeah. so it has been very strange. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, we were able to pivot pretty hard last summer and tried a bunch of new things. And, and, you know, if you would have asked me two months ago, uh, I was like, of course, we're going to open this summer. No problem. Um, we're, and we're still running very much in that direction, but it's unknown even at this point. So, true, uh, right? you know, we'll have about 2,500 kids a summer, about 250 young leaders that we, you know, we hire. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun mission to be a part of. It's exciting. And it's always great to work with young leaders. And it's such a fascinating time in their lives as they kind of are coming out of high school, going into university, thinking about what yeah. they're doing in life, all of that. I know. It's such a great opportunity for them too as well, right? Like totally. I think of the training that I had at Minioe yeah. and you just use that in everything that you do. Yeah. So. Well, and you know yeah. this, Kim, but like leadership isn't the kind of thing that's taught in a classroom. Mm -hmm. You can learn things by reading and being in a classroom, but the way you learn to lead is you lead. And so the great thing about a place like Minioe, or like there's lots of great Christian camps, yeah. um, that it's a great kind of test bed or laboratory for young leaders to learn how to lead. I know that was my experience as a young mm -hmm. leader. It was the first place I've said this in so many conversations. It's the first place that really trusted me to lead when they probably shouldn't have trusted me, <laughs> um, but they do. And we've still done that. Yeah. This is our 75th summer <laughs> for 75 years. We've been trusting young leaders to lead probably before we should. Uh, but you know, in that process, man, 
man, they learn a ton and grow. Uh, and it's a safe environment. Obviously, there's lots of great adults around to provide support. But uh, it's, yeah, it's great. It's so fun to be a part of, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And on Seminary, that's a blog that you started. Yep. Um, and tell us just a little bit about that. And, yeah. yeah, great question. So, <laughs> yeah, on Seminary, the, our kind of tagline is uh, stuff you wish they taught in Seminary. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it's been going for... Uh, well, we started in 2009, so it's been rolling oh, really? for, for quite a while. Yeah. yeah, and it's so we're, uh, I don't know, probably 1,200, 1,300 articles, over 500, you know, podcast interviews uh, in, and it's all really around this idea of how can we help churches reach more people and and kind of maximize what they do. You know, for years there's this joke if you hang around church leadership for a while. You know, oftentimes people will joke, and this year has been one of those years where people are like, "Well, they didn't teach me about how to lead through a pandemic. It's that so that true. was they didn't have that in seminary." <laughs> no. And so, that's really what we try to talk to is all the stuff they don't talk about in seminary, yeah. um, and with a particular emphasis, I would say, particularly on church growth, helping churches reach more people, helping mm -hmm. them, um, you know, be more effective and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think that's so amazing. I took a quick look at your site beforehand, mm -hmm. so I know later we'll talk more about that, whether on this episode or in the next. But you have such a wealth of knowledge, mm -hmm. right, with volunteers and that. And so I just wondered if you could tell me some of the best ways uh, to engage volunteers, especially during the season right yeah, now. Um, what have you found is working? Yeah, great, great question. So there is a, uh, no doubt, a volunteer crisis at churches mm -hmm. all across the country. So, you know, uh, Americans, they have way better statistics on this stuff because they're better at studying themselves yeah. than Canadians are. So I know that this is on the YouTube, which I, at some point, my the problem with it being on YouTube is I feel like someone's going to, like, jump out and scare me or something. Isn't that what YouTube's all about? Or, like, this table's going to explode or something. Like, this right, is all a big, this is a big, happen, this is a big right? setup. This is a, you know, but uh, anyways, that's not, that's beside this. You know, there are, we have really good statistics, particularly, you know, from American brothers and sisters mm -hmm. about what's happening in the church. And one of the, we did a study late last year, um, and we found that three quarters of the churches that we studied, um, it was a national uh, survey where it said that their volunteer corps ha had shrunk in the last year, okay. which is understandable, right? Like it's yeah. the middle of the pandemic, you know, that we I get that, like that's what has happened. The problem with that for your church and mine is at, um, I believe deeply, this is why one of the things why I love, uh, you know, 412 and everything you do here, I believe deeply that that volunteering isn't so much about what we can get from our people. It's not mm -hmm. It's not that we need people to work in kids' ministry. It's not that we need people to do sound. It's not we need people to, to greet. Um, we need to create opportunities for our people. We're not trying to get something from them. We want something for them. And what that is, is opportunities for them to flex their other-centered mu muscles, opportunities mm -hmm. for them to live a life that's other-centered. Ultimately, that's what we believe that following Jesus is all about. It's about orienting our lives around the needs of other people. That that is who we follow. Like we follow a God that points us in that direction. Mm -hmm. And volunteering is a way to flex that. It's not the only way to do that, but it's a way to, to kind of exercise that, to say, hey, what am I doing to, um, to kind of orient my life around other people? And so one of the problems is if we're, all of our churches are seeing a decline in volunteering, particularly in this season, the, the long-term effect could be profound on the local church. If we're not mm -hmm. providing opportunities for people to live an other-centered life, Man, that, that's going to create a problem long-term you know, from a discipleship point of view. Now, the other one, which is a major piece uh, as well, I would say it goes hand-in-hand hand with that, is um, you know, the decline of volunteering 
is a problem from a church growth point of view. We know that churches that grow, churches that are making an impact in their community, really the only difference between churches that are stagnant or decline and churches that are growing, really the only difference is growing churches are ones where people, where the church is equipping their people to invite their friends, to be engaged mm-hmm. with their community. And we know from all kinds of studies that people who volunteer are those people who are most likely to do that. So there's like a need for our people from a discipleship point of view and a need from our church's point of view are if we're not engaging people, yeah. um, we're losing opportunities for us to engage with the broader culture. So, you know, what does all that mean? Um, you know, for, for you and for <laughs> Break me, it down. Uh, yeah, what does all that mean? I think currently, like when we, when we think about volunteering at our churches, if we're a church leader, if you're listening yeah. in and you, you lead at a church or you lead a team at a church, we often have the orientation in our brain around, okay, well, I need people to do X, like I talked yeah. about. We need people to run kids ministry. We need people to do all those things. But very few people, a minority of people, single digits, maybe 5% tops of people who volunteer with us, that's their primary motivation for serving. They, Very few people come to us and say, I know that the church has a need. I would like to serve, to, to fulfill that need. Yeah. Now, most of the people who are leading, they're actually those people. They, they actually, their primary orientation is like, I want to help. But that's not actually why most people volunteer. Most people volunteer because they're looking for friends. They're looking for a connection, community mm. with other people. That they're, they're, they're looking for the secondary benefit of like, I know other people at the church. I have relationships with other people. And so when we're, if we're trying to create a compelling volunteer culture, we have to work backwards from how will people develop relationships in yeah. all of this? How will they walk out with, with more friends? That's even more so in this season. You know, after coming out of a year basically now, of people being socially distanced, being, um, you know, relationally distant from each mm-hmm. other. Uh, it's, I don't know if you, and you've probably had these conversations <laughs> where it feels like, it's like we have to relearn how to be friends again. It's like we it's have to, true, the right? other day, I probably shouldn't say this because of the current <laughs> lockdown state we're in. I had a friend of mine, he hugged me and it was like, it's like the, the man hug is always a little bit <laughs> it's be awkward, awkward. <laughs> but it was like quadruply awkward yeah. because like we haven't done that in a year and it was appropriate in the conversation with what we were saying, yeah. uh, you know, at the time. But um, so we've got to, from a volunteering point of view, got to work backwards from how do we make this a real connection experience? How do we make this? Yeah. So when people come, the, the, the thing that at the end we look back, we say, oh, those people have deeper relationships with each other. Uh, and not so much did they just get stuff done in our mm-hmm. in our world. We could talk more about that, but that, that would be yeah, my Yeah, but and let's uh, go down that trail for sure. a second in church trends. What have you seen um, are churches that are doing well connecting and making those relationships? Like what is it that they are doing uh, to reach out to their volunteers, especially those that they haven't seen for a while, right? Like they're yep. in lockdown or, or they're just not coming back. Yep. So what steps have they taken? Great, right? qu- great question. So yeah, for sure we're seeing... Uh, so in some ways, you you can learn from the extremes and you can learn from the churches who have not done a good job on this. So please, friends, if, if you're thinking about doing what I'm telling you, do not do it. So <laughs> we've heard of and we've seen churches that maybe they've been, you know, you, we're all experiencing this up and down in some way or another across yeah. the country where it's like they kind of change. Everything's changing, you know, the variants, all that stuff. And so what we've seen are churches just put people back on rosters and say, hey, we'll see in two weeks. You're serving in, you know, I'll keep picking on kids ministry. You're serving in, (laughs) you know, the toddlers or, or maybe even worse, junior high, like show up for the, you know, grade five boys class. 
And shocker, that's not going over well. Like people are, are not <laughs> like, oh, I'm just ready to come back. I'm I'm ready to, to join it's in. It's true, right? They're um, not. That's they're, not they're helpful not. right and now. And so what what I think we've got to do and um, what we're seeing a number of prevailing churches do is actually add a step before that. So before okay. we even try to push people back into serving, it's getting back to that relational thing and saying, mm-hmm. hey, we've got to get these people back together relating to each other again. We've got to mm-hmm. we've got to remind them again, oh right, I like these people. I would like to serve with these people. <laughs> and so the thing I keep saying to churches is, you know, before you try if you a part of the process of rebuilding your teams needs to be a pre-step, which is let's get those people back together in some sort of social environment. So yeah. here we're recording this in the spring. This is a great time to say let's plan some sort of picnic where we're getting all these folks back together. Let's, you know, let's let's get some sort of social event together. That's not a about, it's not an information meeting. No. It's not a come and learn about our social distancing protocols and, and where, whether you have to wear a mask or not. It's not an interest meeting. It's not saying, are you interested in volunteering? It's saying, we're getting a social event together for all the people who have served on our teams. And the goal is to get people together and have fun. It's yeah. 90%, 80% people connecting. Our, the takeaway from it is, do people walk away knowing more people? That's what we're trying to drive towards. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily is that they would know something about what's happening you know, mm-hmm. at, in our volunteer culture. We're seeing that churches are t- that are taking that step are seeing higher return rates. They're okay. seeing people actually engage because they're re- people are reminded again, oh, yeah, this is a good thing to do. It's fun. If you've been distanced for a while and you finally get back together with some other people, you're, you're reminded again, oh, yeah, this is better than sitting on the couch. Oh, yeah, this is better <laughs> than staying at home, which is, which is like, that's just, um, it's appealing to, like, stay at home and not, not do yeah, these things. right. Um, and so that kind of, and we can talk more about that, but these, we've been calling them connection events. These, these idea of how do we get people back mm-hmm. connecting with each other again, relationally, not so much with here's what we're trying to do as a church, but, but with each other. Yeah. And it's so interesting in a year, how we've forgotten how much in relationships are important, right. Mm-hmm. And to get together with people. And I think it's not until you connect with somebody that you realize you've missed it. Yes. Right? Like you just absolutely are realizing, wow, I've missed out on a lot. I've missed that human connection. Yes. Um, so that's so good to hear you say that. Yeah, um, I was t- talking to a church recently who, so they're um, they're pushing a giant ball up this hill. They uh, So they're in an area that's, uh, you know, has been open for a while, but as a church, so there were seven campuses before COVID. Mm-hmm. They only have three of their locations open. Pre-COVID, they had about 2,000 volunteers. This is a big church. 2,000 volunteers um, that were serving on a regular basis, but they're down to less than 100 um, (gasps) because of all of, you know, how it's all worked. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were reflecting recently. uh, They said, you know, we got our staff together, and it was the first time in over a year that they got their staff team. It's a large church. Mm -hmm. They got their staff team together, and there was, like, this eruption of joy just of, like, wow, it's so good to be together, right? And multiple people I had heard, because I was talking to a couple people that were in this conversation, and they were like, yeah, I was, it was like I was reminded again, oh, right, like, I really love these people. I, I love working with these people. I love being together. And again, I think we have to remind people, as leaders, we've got to remind people of that mm-hmm. before they're, they're willing to jump back in with the grade five boys class. Like, that just is... There's, they're looking for something else. And, you know, the other part of it that, frankly, we have to wrestle out is um, 
there is some concern around kind of the return to church. And I, there's a wide spectrum there. You know, I, there's some people that I think yeah. are probably over obsessed with like, we got to get people back into our buildings. And that's like a whole other conversation. And then there's people that are like, ah, it doesn't matter. Buildings don't matter. I'm probably somewhere in the middle where I'm like, yeah, we actually, I don't think that the gathered body of Christ is going anywhere. I think church online is a, is great. And I think as we've all seen in this last year, it is helping us reach people that we normally wouldn't reach. That's all amazing. But I, I, I do think that we will get back to, and we should be getting back to, you know, in-person experiences of some sort as a part mm-hmm. of our, our ministry mix. But the reality of it is we've got to get our volunteers to be more comfortable Yes. than the general public with that. So yeah. we know there's hesitancy. There's That's all across North America. There's hesitancy with, I was talking to a church leader just yesterday, again, a, a fairly large church, but they were, he was kind of bemoaning a little bit. He's like, oh, I, you know, I can't believe people aren't coming back. And he was talking about how at their, um, and this fits in their region, it works for where they are. Um, he, he was talking about at one of their campuses, they, you know, they're only seeing about 200 people come mm-hmm. and it's a big room. I've been in that room. It's probably 1500 seats. And it's oh like, my goodness. yeah, that doesn't feel great. But I said, I said, man, like that is probably the largest crowd that all of those people have been in in the last year. Like there's yeah. nowhere else that people are gathering with that with 200 people. No. And we've got to get our volunteers to be more comfortable than the general public because we can't host people until we get volunteers comfortable. And so what we, we can't kind of wait for the, the general, the people that are just waiting around, yeah. the churches that are waiting around for like, oh, let's wait until people are ready to come back. Well, that's not going to happen. People, mm-hmm. we have to get our teams more comfortable because we need them to then host other people. So by definition, we've got to go ahead and come up with other strategies, which I would say are these kind of connection. How do we get people connected relationally? And you could do it in small groups. There's lots of ways to yeah, do that. But the big issue ways. is... How do we get people reminded? Oh yeah, I actually love these people. I love getting back together. <laughs> I love you know you know connecting and seeing folks. Yeah, and what have you found for the church trend of those not returning? Like, is yeah, it so, a big percentage? Yeah, there, so there has been. Um, so the, our friends at Barna did a did a study where they've looked at this pretty consistently over the last year, and this, the number that keeps coming back is one in five people who attended church. Um, in the first quarter of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, have not attended online or in person a, ser- a service uh, over a year later, mm-hmm. and that anecdotally works out. As I talk to church leaders across the country, when because everybody does this mm-hmm. math where they're like, "Well, we have this number of people that are attending in, uh, in person, <laughs> and we have this number of people that are on our online, and we somehow do some magic math and figure out." But people are short. People are like, "Yeah, yeah we're we're feeling pretty good. We're like maybe 80 percent of where we were before." Like I've heard that so many times. And so anecdotally that works out, which is, um, if that's true, like, wow, what a profound change that, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. or, you know, 20, yeah, 20% of, of people who used to attend our churches aren't attending anymore. That's, that's that's profound. Yeah. That that is, that's like one of those, we can't just roll over that. We have to think really strategically about that. What are we going to do? And again, it's, I'm not so obsessed with how do we get them in the building? Mm -hmm. It's more, how do we reconnect with those people? Because those people did, were having some sort of journey with us. We, I think we're, we have some sort of responsibility to steward yeah. those relationships well. Um, and and you know, again, that's a whole other conversation. But I do think we need to be thinking about those. Yeah, people. like how do you work to build community with those that have not been coming back in a year, yeah. right? 
Um, yeah, so I, I, th I think a part of what we've seen, um, and I, I would say it has become a best practice, it's like old school. It's like when you and I started in ministry so many years ago, the uh, <laughs> back in the 90s, you know. like it's, uh, we used to do phone trees yes. where we would like phone people, like, you know, it'd be like, you call 10 people who call 10 people. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing that happen at churches all over the place okay. where they're re-employing this like old school idea <laughs> of like, hey, we're going to actually just get on the phone, like the actual phone, pick yeah. up the phone and call, and call. people. Um, and That's a part of that, shocking, really, yeah, it's nowadays. so shocking. You're like, what are you talking about? But time and again, we see like people saying, wow, this has been great. And then on the receiving end, people love it. They're like, oh my goodness, okay. I can't believe they reached out to me. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is it, they're not, they're not like, it's not a collections call. It's not like, Hey, you owe the church something. You better show up. That's <laughs> right? not what Could it is. It's, it's some oh. kind person like you, um, calling and saying, Hey, it's Kim calling from the church. Mm -hmm. oh, we just want to check in. How are you doing? Like, what can we do? How can we love you? And you know, is there, is there anything we can help with? And what'll happen as people, the church that have done that, you find the, that 20% pretty quickly. You figure out, oh, here's people who have not been a part of the church. And then we can learn and listen and understand what, what's happening there. What is, yeah. you know, what's going on? Um, how can we, you know, help you connect or not? Or or maybe it's they've gone somewhere else or, you know, but, mm -hmm. but I don't think we can just let kind of those people slip no. out the back door. I do think as we're kind of rebuilding our, you know, our kind of regathering plans as we're as we're figuring out what what does it look like to live in this kind of hybrid world of church online and in person services. Uh, I do think we have to be thinking about that kind of fall through the cracks factor and how yeah. are we, you know, working with that. And every church is going to look different in every church, but I, I think it's an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and so I also thought um, over this last year. I mean, ministry has changed so much, mm -hmm. right? And do you find that churches are rebuilding um, the way they do ministry? completely right I know even here we have focused more on production mm -hmm. um, our hosting and just even just reaching out in small groups but I mean youth is different kidsmen is different everything yeah. has kind of changed and what are you seeing maybe in the church trends like how are people rebuilding like are they just starting over are they keeping some of the ideas or just are they finding new ways yeah that's a great question uh, so I do so, so I'm not of the school of thought that it's like, everything's changed and never is going to go back anywhere. Like, I, I just don't think that's true. Like, I think there are, uh, I think there are some fundamentals of what we've done yeah. um, that are going to continue to go forward. And, and partly that's because people have the same problems. Like they, you know, parents are still lying awake at night, staring at the ceiling, mm -hmm. maybe even more so and wondering, how am I going to raise my kids? What am I going to do? And the church has an answer for that, right? Yeah. There are marriages that are on the brink of catastrophic failure. The church has an answer for that. Um, you know, and then ultimately we have the ultimate answer for, I feel disconnected to the universe. What's happening? Like I, there's something broken inside of me. We have the answer. It's Jesus. That hasn't changed. So the, yeah. the core of what we offer hasn't changed. But I do think that we have seen, we are seeing an acceleration of a bunch of different factors. Um, you know, your church was doing church online beforehand. Mm -hmm. And now like every church is doing you know, church online, you know, even just look locally, like they're, you know, you guys were an innovator on that front. There wasn't every church in town that was doing that. Now, yeah. you know, the small, you know, mainline church that's got, you know, 35 people has figured out how to do that. I don't think that's going away. I don't, uh, you know, I think there are the dynamics that that has put into people's lives. There will be people who will say, this is just better. Like, I am just more interested <laughs> yeah. in this online thing. Where I think before, if we were honest, and I've been doing church online since 2009, yeah. so I've been doing it for years. I think we saw it as an add-on. That's not true anymore. It is. It has shifted into, 
it is like if you were in a multi-site church, it's another campus. It's like, yeah. it is core to who you do, who, who, who you are. And so all the stuff that your church and other churches have done to learn to get better at communicating mm-hmm. through that channel uh, has not been lost, will be, you know, super helpful going forward. I do also think that there's an opportunity there to take lessons that we learn from this primarily online environment and try to apply those to our in-person environments. Mm-hmm. So as an example, we now have statistics on, uh, and worship people are not going to like me when I say this, we now have statistics <laughs> on what people think of, or at least how they respond to, how they engage with the worship portion of what we do, the musical worship portion of what we do on a, on a Sunday morning. And so the question, because we put so many people through online, we now have stats on that. Yeah. The question is, we can choose to just ignore that as church leaders and say, let's just do churches how we, let's just do our services, our in-person services like we did before. I don't think that's the right move. I think we should be saying, okay, what did we learn over this last year about engaging people, about helping them stay connected, mm-hmm. all that to communicate with them. What did we learn? And I'm picking on worship people, but yeah. there's all kinds of ways. <laughs> you know, we've had to get better at production. We should have been better at that stuff before, right? We should have been crisper on our communication. We should have yeah. figured out how do we narrow down? We can't talk about 12 things. We've got to talk about one or two things. Like all, we have to be more visual. All of those things we've learned over this last year. I think the question is now, how do we apply those to our in-person services and not just go back to where we were before, um, you know, in light of the fact that I, I do think we're going to end up, you know, back in a you know similar environment to where we were, people are going to come back and yeah. you know attend. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, and it might be smaller for a while. I don't. Yeah, I think we have to get comfortable. For a while, right? Yeah, the thing I keep yeah. saying to people is, is I, I, what we can't do is 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 fixate on. We used to have 120 people in our services. Now we only have 60, and we will be we are failures unless we get back to 120. I just don't think, I think that's an inaccurate way to look at it. That's, there's enough has shifted that it's like, we need to really start with, okay, we had 60 this weekend. Great. Where are we two months from now? Are we at 64? Great. We're seeing a trajectory in the right direction Mm -hmm. um, and not be so obsessed with let's jump this bar um, because I, 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 just don't. I think there's, and we're still in in the pandemic. Even if you, yeah, even if you have it's still changing American viewers, like I know they're all convinced that it's over, but it's not. Like we we still have a long ways to go mm-hmm. um, on how this is impacting our church. So uh, maybe a few things. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking as we start to think about wrapping up this session. Um, For those that have been serving this last year, Mm -hmm. right, they have faithfully, whether now they've switched and they've been serving online, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe hosting in that way, or they're trying out production, or they've just have continued to serve faithfully, what's something that you could say that would encourage them to keep going? And for those who have been leading volunteers this past year, um, just something that would encourage them. I love that. I I know (laughs) at our church, there's a a dear saint who... Um, through this entire thing. So our church has not done in-person services yet. Like, um, you know, you guys are, you guys are super innovative. We've been like, (laughs) no, we can't do that yet. And we're probably still, frankly, at the time of recording a month and two months away. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, we're not rushing to that. But there's this dear saint of our church who um, was a, a, or ran a guest connections team, like a, you know, ushers, greeters, that kind of thing um, at one of our campuses and has every week for this entire time has reached out to her team, has like connected with them. Hey, what's going on? How yeah. can I help you? How can we serve? Has done like, hey, let's get everybody together on Zoom and have game night and and oh, all good. that. And I, you know, <laughs> my uh, like my heart. I'm a little choked up even thinking about it. Like my heart goes out to leaders like that mm-hmm. who through the season have said, hey, we want to stay connected. I want to figure out how we can, you know. And I, you know, I think those folks, you know, will look back and be like, man, like 
God did just such a huge work through those people mm-hmm. um, and that we, we won't really know the impact of it for, I think, a long time to come. We're going to look back on that, I think, with a different kind of clarity than even, you know, we have now. So I would say thank you. Wow, it's amazing that people have continued to serve and thank you people have flexed. I was talking to a leader recently who, it's like they've done everything, they've done everything that's not what they normally do in the last year. They've tried all this new stuff to try to help because they just buy the mission. They're like, we want to help. Yeah, yeah. And, and man, I would be like, let's keep that. Let's, how do we keep that spirit? I think there's something there that like, oh, we want to um, we want to keep doing that. An example from the marketplace. So I had heard this story about um, Ford. So Ford Motor Company, mm-hmm. they uh, early in the pandemic got in. I, there was a whole conversation about ventilators. I don't even remember last spring. Okay, it was like, yeah, we, need we need ventilators, yeah. we need ventilators, we need ventilators. And so Ford, in 90 days, went from, we're going to change a production line from uh, making cars to uh, to making ventilators. From the day oh, wow. they made a decision, it was 90 days from that day to when the first ventilator came off. Um, the, that's you know, fast. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. Think about that. It's like a 100-year-old yeah. company that's been making cars, has never done medical equipment, and is like, we're going to make medical equipment because they saw a call to it. Yeah. And I heard the CEO of Ford, and I forget her name. Oh, that's so terrible. Um, you know, she was saying internally, now they talk about, well, we need to be ventilator fast. We need to be, um, you know, ventilator flexible. We need to ah. be, you know, <laughs> ventilator innovative. Like they, they see it as like this innovation point. And I would say that for our churches, like yeah. how can we take the season and propel that into the next season? Cause we need that. We need to keep thinking, how do we new, do new things? How do we, uh, you know, try new stuff and, and we, let's not lose that spirit and just rush to get back to what we did before. That's boring. Let's try to yeah. innovate beyond here. Yeah, well, this has been so great, Rich. I am so excited, and I think it's been so encouraging uh, to listen to what you've had to say. You're so innovative, and I love hearing different trends and and what's going on kind of through the country in Canada and just even through North America. I love that you have a hand on that. Thanks so much. Um, So listeners, I don't want you to miss an episode. Uh, We're going to be having Rich on again. So if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, remember to subscribe to your podcast app. And for those that are watching the video edition, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss an episode. Also, hop onto the discussion and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 412 Canada. Thanks for watching.